Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. having a great resurrection morning already, and uh, right where you're at, just sensing the presence of God and uh, a Lord and a Jesus who is risen from the grave, amen? Amen? Well, if this is your first time worshiping with us at Faith Renewed there uh, at your home or wherever you may be tuned in at, we would love to know that. We would love to know if this is your first time. You can drop a comment there in the stream and just say, hey, first time worshiping, first time here, whatever. There will probably be some folks in the stream may say hello to you or whatever, but we would just love to let you know we're excited that you're tuned in today. If you're a part of the Faith Renewed family, again, thank you for your faithfulness. It is so incredibly great to be able to just know, man, that uh, even, again, we're not gathered in this place, that the Spirit of the Lord the, 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 just the mantle on this house to make Jesus known is still happening because you're taking the gospel outside of these walls. So thank you for doing that. Again, don't forget to comment. Let us know where you're watching from, where you're tuned in at. We just pray God's just going to bless you in an incredible, incredible way today as we gather and just celebrate Jesus being alive. Amen. Well, we do this every week here at Faith Renew. We go to the Bible. So if you've got your Bible, you can do this. You can go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And I uh, appreciate the praise team backing me up this morning in the house. Thank you for being here. Hope we can get some digitals. Who's amens out there as well? But Matthew 28, uh, we're going to be reading verses one through eight. And um, if you're a version Bible app user, and right now your mobile device is free, it's available to you, you're not having to stream on that, you can click over to the version app right now, and you can use that. You can go there to the more section, then events, and search in, type in Faith Renewed, and you can follow along in this message. But if you're using that mobile device to stream with, continue to watch the stream, it will be there later for you as well. But Matthew 28, when you've got it, say amen. Amen. They got it in the house right here. So we're going to read this. Verses 1 through 8. It says, Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. How cool is that? I love that, man. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him, and he became and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. Amen. He is risen. And I like this next part. It says, as he said. 
All right, now, as he said, it's not one of my points this morning, but it could be because this is what we can take from this. He's going to do what he said he'll do. Amen. He will do what he said he will do. So he said he's coming back. He does what he says. That's just a side point, fourth point there for you today. It's extra credit, bonus point. But as he said, he will do what he said he would do. Amen. He said this. It goes on to say, come, see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that, again, we see these three words, he is risen. He is risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Amen. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into this thing this morning. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Lord, thank you today that because you're alive, you have risen from the dead. You hear us now as we pray, Lord. God, I thank you that right now, God, we're living in this place, God, and have life in our breath, life in our lungs today because of life that you give to us. And God, I thank you, Lord, there's going to be some life come back into dead places today, God. There's going to be some hope come back into hopelessness today, God. There's going to be some healing flowing to sick places today, God, because you are alive, and we honor you today, and we give you the glory and praise you deserve. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, amen. Heaven knows Jesus is alive, amen? He is risen. Now, we celebrate the resurrection here at Faith Renewed every week. Uh, we, we gather because Christ is risen. It's like Resurrection Sunday every Sunday here at this place because, man, we know Jesus is alive. Amen. He's alive. And I love it. I love Resurrection Sunday. Um, I love what it represents and how beautiful that it is. And we have never, we've never had an Easter like the Easter we're having right now. It's completely different than anything that we've ever seen before. It's a completely different like time that we're in. And it does this. It's brought on, I guess, maybe a few little different stressors as pastors, if you allow that, because Easter can be one of the most stressful kind of years or time of the year for, for pastors and for things that they go through because uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure that can be put on them. Now, I'm thankful that our church here, they've, ta- they've taken off the pressure to perform and, and we just have a freedom to just come together and worship the Lord. But this is a time of year where normally, and m- many still are, and again with some extra added stresses, but normally pastors all over the country right now, they're like freaking out and they're thinking, man, if, if the music goes just right. If this message is, is enough to nudge someone over, maybe they'll come back into our doors again. Maybe they'll check us out again because this is a time of year where, again, folks are a little more open to checking this whole Jesus thing out. They're looking into it a little bit more. They're kind of seeing what's going on and kind of maybe seeing what this thing's all about. Maybe this morning, that's you. Maybe this is the first time you've ever tuned into a worship service. And maybe this is the first time that you've ever gathered and just in your home and, and, and just had right there in front of your television screen or your mobile device, you've heard this gospel message about Jesus being alive come to you. 
Now, I've seen this. Uh, again, there's a lot of pressure, and so sometimes churches feel like that pressure. They have to do certain things. I've seen it again, not this year, or haven't heard it because, again, the different time we're in. There are churches that I've heard, like, during the Easter service time, I've seen them giving away cars. Because, again, this is going to get people in the doors. I've heard them giving away, like, houses and, and, and all those things, and, and, and it's wild. I, I've heard a church that on Easter, one Easter, they kind of had, like, a circus in their service, and people were hanging from the, from the, actually from the roof and swinging around. And, and it was wild because, man, we've got to put on this great performance because we have to get people back in the door. But I want you to know something this morning. Maybe you, this is, again, the first time. Maybe you're checking this Jesus thing out, and then you just have your PJs on. Your pajamas right there, and you're just sitting in front of the TV. I, I want you to know something about Jesus right now. Jesus is enough. That's it. That's it. You're not going to get a free toaster for watching today. No, no, uh, you know, because I want you to understand something that Jesus is enough. So maybe, I don't know, maybe during moments like this, maybe the church as a whole, maybe pastors as a whole, maybe the body of Christ as a whole can pull back and realize that we don't have to have the performance. We don't have to have all those things take place. What we can do is realize and see that Jesus truly is enough. Jesus by himself, he alone is enough. And today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, him being alive. Oh, him being alive. And so we took Friday night. I hope you were able to join us. And and on Friday, it was a day of remembrance where we did this. We took time to remember what Christ did for us, that Jesus got on a cross and that he gave his life and he died in our place for our sins. And we took time to remember what Jesus did for us. And today we're celebrating that three days later, after he gives his life for us, He's resurrected from the grave. He's alive forevermore. And so today, I want to give you a few things. And in, in, in the message itself, if you've seen that we've just been sharing those three words, that Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Again, he alone is enough. Christ is risen. If you experience his love today, and you experience him for who he really is, you'll see, man, he is enough. So the first word in that today that I want us to look at is this. The first word is Christ. Amen? Christ is risen. The he in the text that we just read, that he is risen, this is Christ. This is Jesus. This is Jesus Christ. And Christ wasn't, again, it wasn't his last name. All right? It wasn't like Mary and Joseph Christ who had little Jesus Christ. I mean, it was, it was not his last name. You'll see there's more to it than that. It, this, this Christ that we're speaking of, this Jesus that we're declaring, that Jesus has been the subject of very big and great debates. Been great debates had because of who Jesus is and about that name and about who he is. People have died for how they've answered the question, who is Jesus? People have given their life and, and they have laid their life down because of how they've answered that question. 
Wars have been fought. There have been, again, great debates. People that would get up and say, he is God in the flesh. And that's where I would lie, that it is Jesus. It is Christ. He is the Messiah who came. And there are people who have died for that. And there are also people today who are living forever in eternity because of how they've answered that question. Amen? Because of how they've looked at that. But there are some who have done this. There are some who would say this. This Jesus is just a prophet. He's just a prophet. He, he's just a teacher. Yeah, he was an important person in history, but he's not God. He's not the Messiah. He's not the answer. Some would say, yeah, just a teacher, just a prophet. Some would say things like this. He's a fake. He's a fairy tale. He's a fable. But I want you to know who Jesus is. I, I, I read this. Someone sent this to me, man, and I love it. It describes who he is. And I'm just going to try to get through this because I love how powerful these words are. It says that this, it says that he is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the Son of God, the God-man, our humble servant, the man of sorrows, the good shepherd, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the dragon slayer. He is the sinless savior. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the sinner's friend. He is the great high priest. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. His love is glorious. His love is marvelous. His love is generous. His love is gracious. His love is matchless. And his love is priceless. I love that, man. I love what we've been singing. I love the song, and if we, I could add to this list, I love what we've been singing, and man, and it has, this song has just taken off around the world, written a few years back, but man, God is just using it in this season like never before, that he is a way maker. I'm not going to sing it because I want y'all to keep tuning in. Amen. I don't want you to cut out and leave the stream. But if, if I could, I would. But he is a way maker. Amen. He is a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. And that light in that song says this, my God. Now, all that's true. All of that is significant. But also, all this has to be brought back, and you have to answer the question. Who is he to you? Worship team was singing that just a moment ago about the Son of God, high and lifted up, us declaring that powerful, powerful words for those songs and singing that forth in praise. Just again, have shared scripture this morning <clears throat> with you. And just again, just shared what was sent to me and, and just declared it in this room about who he is. And all of those things are so true. But the question that matters most today is who is he to you? Come on. Wow. <laughs> who is he to you? You know, Jesus himself asked this question. Who do you say that I am? 
That's what others said. And it's important. Again, I've read what some others have said. But then he makes it personal. And this is what Jesus does. This is who he is because he wants to be personal with you this morning. He doesn't want this to be just one time of year where you gather around and celebrate him being alive. He wants to become a part of your life in every way. And so he gets personal with them. He gets real with them. And so he starts asking them, who do you say that I am? And you must answer that today. Are you able to answer and say that he he is my king. He is my Lord. He's my way maker. Have you able to do that today? Are you able to say he is my savior? You can't say that he is just my parents' savior. He's my grandparents' savior. You have to be able to say for yourself, Jesus has saved me. Christ has saved me. The cross that Jesus got on and the cross that he gave his life on, Jesus did that for me. He gave his life for me. Who do I say that he is? He's my Lord. He is my God. He is my Savior, my King. How do you answer that question this morning? Again, many have looked at him and many have seen Jesus and, and they heard the stories. And even in early times, you got to understand, it's not just 2,000 years later people have messed this thing up about who Jesus is. This has been going on from early on. And I love that you would see, again, where, where God would use the disciples and he would put them in positions and places to share the gospel message, to share this Jesus they had encountered and tell others about it. This is in your notes if you're following along, but in Acts chapter 17, I love this. You'll see where Paul goes into the synagogues. And he goes into the synagogues and he begins to teach them and he begins to speak truth to them about who this Jesus is. Just a few short years after this had taken place. And in Acts chapter 17, I want to read verses 2 and 3. It says this. It says, Then Paul, as his custom was, he went into them, the synagogues, the places of worship, and for three Sabbaths. Hear this? For three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, showing them from the Bible. Again, that's what I love, that he wasn't just up there giving his opinion. He was up there saying from Scripture and then demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you, he is the Christ. Amen. Who is Christ today? Who is this Christ who is risen? It is Jesus. And so he's going into the synagogues and he was speaking forth this message. And I stand in your living room right now through media. And I tell you, this Christ is Jesus. It's who he is. And I like this. Like Paul was doing a sermon series. Three weeks, man. Here he is for three Sabbaths, yeah, yeah, yeah. working in some threes. That's just how it rolls, man. That's how pastors do it. And you see him in this moment. He's doing a sermon series. I can almost imagine we've been in a series and we still are called His Name Is. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do a three-parter on His Name Is the Christ. <laughs> Amen? I'm going to do a three-parter. And so for three Sabbaths, he goes in there and he says, this Jesus, he is the Christ. Again, because this word, there's so much significance in it. Because this Christ, he was the promised Messiah. He was the one who would come. Last week, we were, we were celebrating and remembering, again, his name is Hosanna, is Savior, is saved now. He is the only one who can save us. 
And as they were declaring that, again, they were celebrating that this Messiah is now making his way into town, riding on that donkey, and declaring that Hosanna, 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 Savior. And this Christ is Jesus. It's who he is. But again, who is he to you? Don't wait to answer that question. Don't wait till like the next couple of points are over. And this service maybe ends and then you think about, no, right now, I want to pause and I want you to say, man, who is he to you? Is he your Christ? Is he your Savior? If not this morning, today, man, what better day celebrating Jesus rising from the dead and allowing him to bring life into your situation? Who is he to you? So first thing we answer today again is, who is Christ? I love this. The very next word in those three words, again, Christ is. All right? Now, Christ is. The next point is, is. Christ is. It's a small word with great significance. Please understand how powerful this word is. It is a small word with great significance. I remember when that words with friends game was like huge. I don't even know if that's still, anybody still plays that, you know. Uh, you could bust out a two-letter word like ox or something like that. And, you, and if, you, if you brought that X right on the right spot where you like hit the triple stuff, man, and you line it up with some, like 54 points on two letters, I mean, you, I mean, significant. Like, man, this is a big deal if you hit it right. But I want you to sum up some. The, the, the word is, again, it might not bring you enough points on the game, but listen, it's so much more powerful because these two letters, everything hinges upon this because without it, all we have is there's a Christ out there and that there's a risen word out here. But what connects them? It's a simple word called is. Now, I like this because I was, I was studying this out. Uh, some of my English teachers from church are going to you know, probably email me and correct some of the stuff I'm about to say, but just bear with me for just a moment. That wasn't my best subject. Uh, but I, I found this, and, and this was amazing to me, that in the Greek lexicon, where, again, you study the Greek meanings of the words and where you look at, again, what these words mean and what this represents, you'll see that is means is. Um, and uh, it's, but but there's there's some there's some other things happening with this word. This Greek lexicon, this word represents this. And then I found this out as I was studying that it's the same thing in dictionary.com. And I was like, hold on, why are they trying to get dictionary.com and Greek lexicon said the same thing. And this is what it said: the third person singular present of to be. Now. <laughs> I might should have consulted with some of my teachers before I, 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 went, I went in this a little bit, but uh, I didn't. So I'm just going to just try to do my best. But listen, the third person singular present of to be. So that's, that's telling us that this is a present thing that is not just something that's just going to happen like to be, or, but it's present right now. I'm going to let that settle for just a second as the comments begin to blow up and our teachers are helping a helping brother out right now. But, but listen, there is, there is so much happening. Third person, singular, present of to be. So this is what this means. It's not just was or will be. 
right now. <laughs> that means this, that it is still current. That this right now, that he is right now risen. That today, right now, again, he is alive right now in this moment. And this is what this looks like for us. This is how our relationship should be. Our relationship should be is right now. It should be current. So this is what you can't do. You can't say, well, I, I, yeah, I said yes to Jesus in VBS. You know, years ago, man, I glued some macaroni on a plate, and I, I was having a good time, and, I, man, my friend said yes, so I said yes, but nothing has happened since then. No, there has to be a now. Where is your relationship with Jesus right now? Is it right now current? Is it present? Not just to be. Not that just one day I'm going to get close to God. Right now, where is your relationship? Because Jesus is a right now. God. He is a right now Jesus, and our relationship with him should be right now. It should be is. It's not, again, this just was or will be, but is. So Jesus is, again, not just risen on the day we celebrate, and he's going to be alive forevermore, but right now in this moment, he is alive. I love Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, when he said this. He said that I am the Alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is. He starts with that. Come on, we said a lot of times who was and is and is to come. But if you ever stopped and just looked at that passage and seen it in that light, he starts with this. He says, who is who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So that means that right now, he said this, he is today. Christ is, not just Christ was, not just Christ will be, but Christ is. Christ is right now knocking on your door. Christ is right now drawing you to him. Christ is right now reminding you that he loved you so much that he got on the cross and gave his life for you. Christ is right now, third and final thing, is risen. Christ is risen. Right now, Jesus is alive, man. Jesus is alive. That means this. That means that there had to be a time where he died, where he gave his life. And again, he says that no man takes my life. He said, I freely lay it down to you. He gave his life for us. He lays it down for you and for me. He gave his life. Jesus died in our place for our sins. He gave his life for us. He died. But I love it. He did not stay dead. He died in our place. He died for our sins. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. Jesus is alive, and he is alive forevermore. I love this. I, again, I, some of you who know me, I know that I, I, man, I love debates and I love, man, just, again, listen to people who know more than I do. And I just love being challenged to dig into study and certain things. It's wild to me that there is, even now today, even in the atheist community, those who would say, man, that, this, that there's not even a God out there. So many of them today, because of just the history itself of what is proven, is saying this today, that there was a Jesus who was real, 
There was someone who named Jesus who came to this earth, and there was this Jesus who came. Now, a lot of them want to try to say things like, well, he didn't really die. He just, it was a swoon theory, or it was this type of thing where he just passed out for a little while. But no, we know what scripture would show and what it would teach that Jesus died for our sins. He gave his life for us. And now many of them having to say today, they don't want to call him God, but they're having to say this because of what is proven, what has been found in history, what has been found to be true, is that, man, this Jesus actually got on the cross and gave his life. And there, there are even some that would say this, man, he's defeated the grave. Yeah, it's having to say it because, again, what is true. But I love this. I love what Paul says. He goes into this, and we see in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, we see something so powerful because this is what takes place. The Bible is full of eyewitness accounts of, of Jesus' resurrection, of people that had saw the, them for themselves eye to eye, not just hearing a story, but yet they saw Jesus. And today we can see Jesus. We can see the risen God in our life where he comes and brings life to us. And the verse that said this is in verse 3. He says that, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Again, keep it in order. He says this. I'm delivering this. We, this is what's first. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. I love it. We have to go to the word. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. Again, all these people who have seen the resurrected Jesus. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and then he made it personal, and it must become personal for us. He said, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. Listen, this is huge for us because, listen, if Jesus isn't risen from the grave, we're wasting our time right now. Jesus, right now, you might as well flip over to, to another channel. Listen, if he is not alive because we are wasting our time. But no, listen, Jesus is risen from the grave because he is alive today. Dead Jesus can't save anyone, but he today is risen from the grave. Tim Keller said it this way. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Wow. Today we celebrate Jesus being alive. Yeah, Pastor Andrew was saying this earlier, and it's amazing that there the disciples were hiding. There were some in such fear about what had taken place because they saw Jesus hanging on the cross. They saw him give his life. They saw him when he cried out, it is finished. They heard him when he spoke the words, Father, into your, into your hands, I commit my spirit to you. I give everything over to you. They heard those words, and many were in fear, but those who were seeking him, Saw him. 
And I love it. It's interesting to me that, again, we won't go into this passage, but you'll see the story of a lady named Mary Magdalene who was looking for Jesus and who had went to prepare the body and who was searching and seeking after Jesus. And she is the one who encounters him. And in the story, you will see this about, about, about Mary Magdalene. If you know the history of her, man, it is one of those stories, man. It is one of those redemption stories. It's where, again, you see Jesus come into her life and radically change her. The Bible says that she had been delivered and set free from seven different demons. I mean, that her life had been radically transformed. That as a result of being set free by Jesus, she traveled with him. She poured ministry money into that ministry. She poured into Jesus. She supported the work that he did. And the one now who had delivered her from those things. This is important. This is huge. You've got to understand this. That the one who had, been, who had set her free from that demonic possession or oppression that she was under. Seven demons. She watched die. She was afraid and she was fearful. And the Bible says that she cried and she was upset. And I think there are many reasons, again, why she was probably in that position or feeling those types of emotions. A lot of reasons today why we have emotions going on through in us. But I don't know. I, I feel like this morning that, I don't know, maybe Mary was in that moment. And maybe she was there and thinking, and she was at that grave looking for Jesus. He's dead. Can I stay free? If he is dead, I remember what it was like before Jesus. I remember not even being able wanting to live with myself. I remember being under so much Oppression and depression and bondage. Seven demons? I don't know. I don't know if maybe those thoughts crossed her mind. And she says, man, will I be able to stay free? Because I remember what it was like in bondage. And I remember what it was like to follow Jesus. And I watched that Jesus die. I don't know, man. I just love it. And I love how Jesus works. We know there's a story that unfolds there where she goes to see him and Jesus comes. When he does this, he speaks her name. She didn't immediately recognize him when she seen him because, again, he was in a glorified body and there was a shift happening in Jesus and there were some things going on there. But he spoke her name. And when he said the name, there was a shift that happened in her spirit. There was a faith that came back in her life. She cried out to him, Rabboni. She said, teacher, she, she remembered and she said, oh, it's the one who set me free. He's alive. It's the one who delivered me. It's the one who set me free from demonic oppression and possession. That Jesus is alive today. And this is what this means for you. The Jesus who set you free can keep you free. It's the Jesus who delivered you will continue to the day of judgment. Till that moment you have life with him. Because Jesus gave his life and resurrected from the grave. Today we have life. We have hope today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19, it says this. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, 
How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Do you hear this? This is what he's saying here is that, man, how can you believe that no life comes to us? Listen, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. I want you to know today, listen, if you have faith, you don't have an empty faith. You don't have an empty hope today because he's alive. You don't have an empty hope today because Jesus is real. And verse 15 says, yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ from whom he did not raise up. If, If in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But listen today. Jesus rose from the dead. Christ is risen. And I love it, man. It just not only did he rise, Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He spoke to Lazarus who had been in the tomb and dead and spoke his name and life came into that body. He speaks our name today and life comes back into dead situations in us today. And I want you to know this about every other leader out there who have went on and who have already passed away. Listen, there are some great people out there and we've, we've been to Washington, D.C. and we've seen some of the graves of presidents and we've seen some of those who are great leaders in our country. But this is the truth about their graves. Listen, they're decorated and they're set up and people walk by them and they honor them. There are many religious leaders out there today who have graves that are like greatly decorated and have wonderful, beautiful flowers around them and people come and bring gifts and lay them down on that, on that grave, that dead body. But the grave of Jesus is empty because Christ is risen from the grave. That's why all this is so important. There's why so much hinges upon this moment because listen, we are dead in our sins. No hope of eternal life if Jesus did not come back from the grave. But because Jesus is alive today, because he is risen, we can be assured of something. I love this. Thomas Watson, this, this quote has been wrecking me this week. He says that we are more sure to arise out of our graves than out of our beds. What? We are more sure to arise out of our graves than out of our beds. That's a promise today that you can have life You can have it more abundantly. You can have it eternally in Jesus because death could not hold him. That grave could not keep him. Satan could not defeat him because Christ is risen from the grave. And he came to bring life into us. He came to bring hope into us. And I want you to do this this morning, right where you're at today. Take a moment, if you would, bow your heads if you're able to. Close your eyes. 
I don't want you to answer this question today. You have to answer it. Who is Jesus to you? Not who does Pastor Terry say that Jesus is. Not as who that someone else. Listen, who do you say that he is? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Listen, today, if you need to surrender your life to Christ, right now in this moment, don't wait. Say yes to him. Say, God, I, I surrender all to you. I believe the message today that Jesus got on a cross for me, gave his life for my sin, resurrected, rose from the grave, ascended to heaven, is going to come again. I want to say yes to you, Jesus. Surrender all to him right now. And also this morning, listen, I, there are some who have a relationship with Christ. I mean, God has done some things in your life, and I want this resurrection message to bring a hope to you today. Because maybe like Mary, you've been set free, but because of maybe the situations around you, the circumstances that even we we're facing in our world right now, you're wondering, man, will I get through this? Will these things come back? Will my, will my life look different? I want you to know, listen, because Christ is risen from the grave. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.